0: in the whole six and welcome into Fantasy Focus. It is Monday, October 16th. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. Is that right? Uh, Siri just said hi as well. <laughs> oh, Siri did. All right. Well, what's up? She hi from it Siri. On the today. show today, it is Siri, Field, Mike, and Daniel. <laughs> really excited to make a week six recap show here for you guys. A lot of fun. So much stuff happened here in week six. We haven't even gotten to Monday Night Football. We'll get to that at the tail end of the show. But unfortunately, guys... We're gonna have a lot of injury news in this one. It seems to be a theme so far with yeah. these couple of weeks, where mm-hmm. it's um, we want to have a lot of fun and be excited, but we're always starting because there's been a handful of injuries that have happened over the week.
1: Well, first of all, you just like busted in here at the last second. Yeah, yep. just, right? just before not, the show. Yeah, we were wiping off your brow before you came in because you're sweating, running down here. I actually thought like you were hurt as well, or you were on the injured list, maybe with a a crushed soul after that wow. Gabe Davis performance last wow. night right to the wow. heart from my right. clay
0: i was waiting for it it did not take
1: yeah. very long so of i did of course not i'm coming out firing
0: i uh, i'm ready we'll we'll get into this no gabe davis unfortunately just did just say yeah well. get into it with on. that oh, yellow jacket uh, yeah all right, all right.
1: I'm not going to put that belt on because it's going to break my neck. I but did. Don't, don't
2: uh, button the belt or don't Velcro the belt. I mean, sorry, the vest because that shirt you're wearing is awesome. Yeah, it's a Dan Campbell shirt. Man oh, oh, Campbell. Look at, that. Yeah. look
0: at that. Dan Campbell there. Say when you said Happy
2: Monday, you should have said Happy Victory Monday.
0: Well, I didn't. I mean, it's only Victory Monday for some of us. Felix, well, so I didn't want to get that into that. Well,
1: I, that changed quickly. But, uh, Let's move on to injuries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Seriously, we got a really big show. Big recap for everybody here. Yeah, but the theme of
2: the day yesterday really really was was injuries, injuries, which we hate to have a show in which like the lead of the most important stuff we talk about are injuries, but yesterday was brutal. It was like every time I looked up, it was another Adam Schefter tweet about somebody being questionable to be questionable to return or being ruled out. So uh, a dark Sunday in the fantasy football streets. And
1: that's a thing too. Sometimes it's like, uh limbs off and then right back in the game. We had yeah. a couple of those, yeah. but this this week there's a Kill lot of yesterday. Quick outs. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of those, but I feel like yesterday there was a lot of those. Like they're just rolled out pretty yep. quickly and we don't like that.
0: Yeah, let's start with Christian McCaffrey. Last week, unfortunately, we found out we were going to be without Justin Jefferson for four weeks. This week, as a part of this game, even though Christian McCaffrey got in the end zone for right. a fifteenth straight week, he ended up leaving this game early with an oblique and a rib injury. Field Yates. Yeah. Tell me what this is going to mean for Christian McCaffrey managers moving forward. Well,
2: Mike, this was almost one of those where he leaves and then quickly returns he did, yeah. and then he gets injured again and ends up leaving the game for good. We have zero idea, any sort of timeline here on Christian McCaffrey. This only further underscores the notion that nobody should make a pick in the top five of your draft.
1: <laughs> no, you should just do, what do they call them leagues? Uh, uh, like the zombie league? What are they called? Where you you just don't draft at all and then you just take your whole team from waivers. Right, right, right. Vampire, vampire leagues. Right. Yes, and then, exactly. So and then you should you only play vampire yeah, leagues. Yeah. And then uh, if you, the, you win a game, you take a player off their
0: roster, right? Yes. that's, how, that yeah, works, that's right? how it
2: works. Uh, so obviously we don't know whether Christian McCaffrey will miss time. Uh, they play next week uh, on Monday night. So we do have an extra day of recovery time for Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. before they play the Vikings. Let's talk about the, what life could, like, could look like without CMC in that backfield and you would have thought after the past three years three years in a row or at least two out of the past three years when the 49ers have used a third round pick on Tyrion Davis price then they drafted Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round and he was awesome as a rookie yep. you'd be saying to yourself oh one of those guys is the next man up and instead The answer is neither of those players. A lot of question marks. If Christian McCaffrey is out next week and there's a long ways to go before we get to that point, Jordan Mason might be one of the most important names to know on waivers for the rest of this week as Mason... Has been good over the past couple of weeks. Found the end zone in week five. Was yep. fine again yesterday, Mike. How much of a split, though, was it between him and Elijah Mitchell?
1: Yeah, 15 snaps for Mason in this game. Five carries, zero targets. Elijah Mitchell had seven snaps, two carries, zero targets. Tyrion Davis-Price was inactive for this one. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Usually, and, and again, earlier this season, even if Elijah Mitchell was healthy, he, he was the, getting the bulk of the number two work. Uh, he would have been the answer here for sure. No question about it. he still might be, he He might might be the guy perhaps he was just kind of ramped up and this one was kind of limited, but that's the problem is we don't know for sure. We don't know if Mason is established now as a two because they're thinking Mitchell's just not reliable. He keeps getting injured, whether it's his fault, you know, it's not his fault, but uh, we just can't count on him right now. So Mason's going to be the two or is Mitchell now fully healthy and he'll be the two next week. So this is a tough one. They also play Minnesota has been good against running back. So, I hate to say it, but probably a situation to avoid unless we get some clarity uh, on who the two is going to be.
2: I I don't. We have sixteen that are by next week, and we have already classified like five backfields as a situation to avoid. We're avoiding Arizona. Like we can by by the end of the the season, it's going to be like play Austin Eckler and that's it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I was play the Dolphins. (laughs) I was going to use the Cardinals as an example, though. Uh, 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 Here we go, Amari.
2: I think what you have to do De is mar- pronounce it in a very Italian way. There
1: you go. Right. There it, is, it, it'll, it And it'll
2: make you focus in on the name That's a little a bit caller, more. But that works. Oh, that was so much
1: better. Yeah. yeah, that was so much better. Well, anyway, uh, we said avoid that situation. And if you did good for you, because yeah. he was, uh, he played a lot of snaps, but it was mostly pass blocking and running routes. Uh, he was. I get points for, for those touches. in my
2: league, so it actually wasn't oh, that, that was bad. Great of a day? for you, That yeah. It was
1: great for you, but uh, again, same kind of situation. There's a lot of question marks. One could pan out if you're desperate for a flex. Maybe you throw Mason or Mitchell in there but they could rotate three guys in just like the Cardinals did.
0: It would have been nice if we could have used Debo Samuel in the situation as a runner, but he also got banged up on Sunday, unfortunately. Left One pass Pretty route. early, yeah. 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 Left with a shoulder injury, so that also throws some question marks into this because he's a guy I could see getting some touches if CMC is out, but we got to see mm-hmm. what's going on with him as well.
2: I've got a Niners heavy fantasy team that every week I go into it feeling to my like thinking to myself, you know what? It could be a day, right? We could have ourselves a monster afternoon. Then yesterday, Mike Kittle and Debo stack in Ugh. that lineup mm. amassed like one catch for not one correct. yard total. Yeah. It I'm was like, bad oh enough with the Browns God, defense yeah.
1: being the best defense They're in the NFL, terrific. but on top of that, all the injuries yeah. as well. Uh,
2: and bad weather obviously impacted yeah. that game as well. It's a shoulder injury for Debo Samuel. Again, no initial timeline for Samuel. We don't know whether he'll play next Monday night or not. We have already seen life without Debo Samuel, not just last year, but to the, uh, earlier in this season as well. One thing I think I've come to find out about these 49ers pass catchers, though, is that just because one of them is unavailable, it doesn't necessarily mean that the other, and I'm talking about the big three, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. If one of them is out, it does not automatically mean that the other two are going to have huge days. Mm-hmm. They will probably be considered lineup blocks for our purposes. But if we have learned something over the past one year and six games, it's that one being out does not automatically qualify for boom weeks for the other mm-hmm.
1: two. Yeah, I agree with you. We saw uh, Ray Ray McLeod step into that Samuel role yeah. yesterday only two targets in the game, not going to be a fantasy option, even with six teams on a bye.
0: All right, let's talk about some quarterbacks because unfortunately we have a few of those guys that got banged up as well, starting with Justin Fields, yeah. who left the game with a hand injury. We found out it was a dislocated thumb. Yeah, he was trying true. to be able to hold on to the football, didn't feel like there was enough grip to come back in the game, and so we finished out the game with an undrafted free agent rookie. If there was Tyson, a,
2: Tyson Bajant from Shepherd University. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've never Good even preseason. heard of Shepard University. West Virginia.
0: Okay, so there we go. Yeah. This was, I am hoping that we get good news and that it is uh-huh. a thing that we can have Justin Fields back sooner rather than later, because yeah. I don't know how this is going to work out. There's only one guy that I would want to start on these bears other than Justin Fields right now it would be DJ Moore. And yeah. if we don't have Justin Fields under center, I don't feel as good about DJ Moore. So something that we have to monitor because that looks like it's going to be something that he's got to work through.
2: So a couple of problems beyond that as well. And I, they play the Raiders next week. Who've actually been better defensively than you might realize this season. Um, we don't know how long Justin Fields will be out, but can you really imagine a right dislocated thumb being good enough to play seven days later? I'm not Stefania, but it seems unlikely to me. Yeah. Uh, and I, if he does play, you're probably concerned about throwing. Meanwhile, yesterday, prior to the injury, he was playing poorly again. But in a year in which we are finding that there are very few quarterback breakthrough candidates right? The only Mm -hmm. like clear cut breakthrough player was Anthony Richardson. He's on IR Mm -hmm. multiply that by the fact that, and get used to this people. I'm so sorry. Six teams on a buy next week. There are already limited options. I'm going to ask you guys this because we have two more quarterback injuries that we'll discuss. One of them is a starter. One of them is not. Is there anybody that when you go look at the waiver wire right now, you say for yourself going into week seven, I would legitimately vouch for this player to be added on waivers who's available in more than 50% of leagues. Names to consider include Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, uh, d- 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 Baker Mayfield. I don't, I, I'm yeah. trying to give you an option. Right. Here. Tannehill's
1: probably out. Uh, yeah. It's not a it's not. A, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's I think tough, right? I, is is the place you're going here. Would you start any of these guys over fields if he's active?
2: No, I'm just you're... saying that if you have Justin Fields, it's going to oh, be tough oh, going yeah. this oh, week agreed. to potentially yeah. replace mm-hmm. him, given the fact that there are just so few options available. Yeah.
1: The nice thing is is Fields slow start might mean you have a backup plan in mind. You might have a Brock Purdy or something like that. So that's your ideal scenario. But you're right. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I don't think you're starting Bajan or Nate Peterman, whoever they decide to start here. They have both of those guys uh, on the roster. Bajan did have a rushing touchdown. He had 83 yards on 14 pass attempts. That's going to be a tough one. He's probably the guy that's going to be ranked like 24th in our rankings out of yeah. twenty sixth this week. So I don't think the Bears are where you want to look for a replacement.
2: Yeah, he is a very he's a very solid athlete. It's a great story. He had a great training camp. I met him at the senior bowl. He's a terrific kid, but uh, you know, this is an undrafted free agent playing yeah, in an time. offense that's yeah. already, you know, kind of stuck in the mud so far. Guys, we had,
0: unfortunately, Trevor Lawrence also got hurt with a knee injury. We found out this morning he avoided serious injury, which is what we're looking for, trying to wait and see whether or not he's going to be available for us this week. But but they play on Thursday. And so you got a short week again to be yeah. able to figure mm-hmm. things out with, which is going to be frustrating. Yeah. And
1: so, against
2: a good Saints defense, yeah, by yeah. the way. It's very exactly. good Saints and defense. So. Not
1: to mention, he hasn't been very good yep. this year. Two
0: finishes better than 15th. They're both against the Colts.
1: One <laughs> was This week, yeah. he got
0: ninth. And we also had Ryan Tannehill that got hurt with an ankle injury, which looked like not great. This whole Titans team just looks not good other than Two Derek and four Henry.
2: going into their bye, so it's not going to matter either way next week. Mm-hmm. I think the question coming out of the bye is, if Tannehill's out for a prolonged period of time, whether it's Will Levis or Malik, Malik Willis. Willis, Malik Willis was the number two and played yesterday morning, can you feel good at all about starting deandre hopkins who has yet to find the end zone this season more on D Hop later but mike yeah. i feel like this titans offense is the definition of molasses right now. yeah it's now. been
1: rough uh, derrick henry did have a couple nice runs so he's he's hanging in there as yeah, a viable fringe is. rb1 otherwise it's been it's been rough i will say this hopkins target share has been massive uh yesterday was his worst game for sure in that department so i think he's still going to be a guy that we feel comfortable starting But you're right. It's just uh, this Titans offense is rough. And who knows what Tannehill's situation is. I just hope if he is, if he does miss time, we get a look at Will Levis. Yeah. I want to see Will Levis. Uh, I
2: part of me is like queasy about that happening just I'm because sure of the fact that he hasn't. Yeah, no, he I, I, I would like to see him as well. I actually thought Will was a pretty good prospect coming out of Kentucky last year. Uh, I just feel like the progress made during the preseason, mm-hmm. at least based off of public comments from the team, suggested it might be a while before we see him.
1: Yeah, well, right. I don't think Malik Willis is the answer after what we saw yesterday. But he had four, Dude, what he four this? sacks? Yes, you four. had
2: this like four sacks in like yeah. how many dropbacks? Like 14? Uh, he,
1: well, let's see. He had five pass attempts and he had four sacks in the game. That's unreal. Yeah, it was any and you if you watched it, it I was mean, like the bad kind of sacks
2: too. Yes, yes bad, 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 bad,
0: bad. Last one. We didn't have a lot of time to talk about this. Unfortunately, David Montgomery got hurt left with a ribs injury. X-rays were negative waiting on an MRI today. The Lions already played without Jameer Gibbs yesterday. So, yeah. mm-hmm pride of Kutztown University, Craig Reynolds came in and There's held down rad. that running back spot. Yep. And this is a thing we got to figure out. We've not heard yet on David Montgomery if he's expected to miss more time. But knowing that Jameer Gibbs already missed last game, if you needed to go out and grab somebody, the guy who laid the block of the week, Craig oh, yeah, awesome. Reynolds, yeah. maybe someone you could look That's at a here. a blue-collar work from
1: central Pennsylvania. Yeah, maybe. That That's is right. right there. Yeah, Craig Reynolds uh, would be the priority uh, waiver ad. We're going to start him for sure. If Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs are out, hopefully Gibbs is able to play. If he does, yes. he's the guy. Remember when Montgomery was out, he handled a bulk of the carries. I believe he had 15 carries and w- we saw a big dip in his targets that week, but he was uh, still on the field for the same amount of pass plays as he is normally. So I think he'll have a big game.
2: Startable, but a tough matchup next week against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, it was tough. Great game on the schedule. Well, so, but mm-hmm. hopefully
0: fingers crossed on David Montgomery and all these injuries. All right, Field, we're going to pay some bills here. Tell me about our friends over at GEICO.
2: Home, auto, prize, sports, memorabilia. Whatever you need to protect, GEICO can help get you covered. And with the award-winning GEICO mobile app, you can get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access. It's easy to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com today.
0: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality mm. supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer call or click Granger.com or just stop by all right back here on fantasy focus field jates mike clay and daniel dot making our way through the week six recap yeah, guys baby. field last week i asked you we found out, no Devon Achan. I think yep. at this point we did not know he was going to go on IR. I had asked you if we find out that Devon Achan is going to miss substantial time, would Raheem Mostert be a top 10 running back for you for the rest of the season? Now, a week removed from that conversation, after Mostert put up 17 carries for 115 yards and two more touchdowns and three receptions for 17 yards and another receiving touchdown. Is he a top 10 running back the rest of the way, or does the Jeff Wilson situation give you a little bit of pause? So pays for like 30 touchdowns, 33, 33 Unreal. touchdowns. I'm sorry, a little bit little little less than 33, 30, but yeah,
2: we are now one third of the way through the season in terms of weeks, uh, a little bit more than that in terms of games played, uh, but t- uh, even with Jeff Wilson returning, unless somehow, and I, I this seems unlikely to me, given how well he Moser has played. Raheem Mostert is going to be ranked inside the top ten running backs mm-hmm. until Devon Achan returns. This offense is just ridiculous right now. They have over fifteen rushing and over fifteen receiving touchdowns this season. That's the second team to ever do that through the first six games. Mostert is thirty-one. How is this happening right now? Remember when the Dolphins tried to trade or at least talked about trading for Jonathan Taylor? Mm-hmm. Like it is absurd how great Raheem Mostert has been. Real talk. I think, and the season is far from over. I think Raheem Moser has been the fantasy football MVP this year based off where he was drafted and his performance. It's And by the way, it might not even be a question mark
1: yeah, I agree with you. I mean, obviously, you could have made the case for Nakua a couple weeks ago. He's coming and off, and he's, you know. he's very
2: much in the conversation.
1: Yeah, he still he he absolutely is. But I agree with you. Yeah. I think you know he, Nakua cost you very little. So did Raheem Mostert. He was right. a late round pick. So uh, the uh, no, no is, question,
0: Raheem Mostert plays a position that is inherently much thinner. That's than Nakua. Yeah. Nakua does. He's, he's been no
2: unbelievable. Bad. So yes, until Devon Hm returns, absolutely crank it up every single week with Raheem Mostert. He's the real deal. His speed is. Absolutely exceptional, and this offense is built to have players like him thrive. Yeah,
1: and he only played 60% of the snaps, and that's, uh, that may not change. It might have Jeff 60%? Wilson come back, yeah. and it might be 50 50, and both guys might be yeah. viable starters. So it doesn't matter if we rank Mostert fifth or 15th. He's going to be locked in the lineups, no doubt about it. Probably By the way, rest of the season.
2: You know what, though? Eagles Dolphins next week, baby. Ooh, Let's yeah. go. Oh, that's going to be a big. Is that one. Sunday night or no? Uh, I, I don't think it, it is. Okay. Yes. I yes. It is. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Uh, that that's going to be interesting. Moves, I, uh,
1: I'm not feeling great about the Eagles' chances, to be honest. Let's, the way let's, they, let's, they let's talk a little bit more R- about about that later. Jalen Hurts, we he mentions before the show, he has more interceptions this
0: season than he had all of last year, including the playoffs.
2: I know, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Or yesterday, yeah, uh, they lost
1: because of the 4 to nothing turnover differential. It was rough.
0: Mike, do you know if Tyreek Hill is officially on pace for 2,000 yards? He, 2,300, I believe. 2,300, yeah. okay. Seems so he, so yeah, he is, in fact, doing it. So he's a must-start every week. There's not a whole lot to say about Tyreek Hill, other than the fact that if you watch these Dolphins games, you understand just how ridiculous. This player is yeah
1: wide receiver one right now. With incredible, Justin, Justin Jefferson
2: out. But even if Jefferson were playing right yeah, now, you'd I, still rank him as. If he so, yeah. did a draft for the rest of the season, right now, now that Christian McCaffrey is hurt, and I'm I'm not trying to redraft for the rest of the season every single week. I know we did it just a couple of weeks ago, but. If he started from scratch, right now, Tyreek Hill would be the first player taken in fantasy. Yeah, like if,
1: with everyone else, considering injuries. I mean,
2: injuries, yeah, and, yeah. and even if Justin Jefferson were healthy, though, I still think Tyreek Hill would go over ahead of McCaffrey,
1: him. Over a healthy McCaffrey?
2: Well, McCaffrey, I'd, I'd say, if Jefferson were healthy, yeah, Hill would still go over him. The uncertainty, so I'm sort of, I'm, I'm playing Hedging both games now, oh, okay. right? Like, All right. I'm allowing McCaffrey <laughs> yes. to be injured in this scenario, but I'm not allowing Justin You'd Jefferson to be. a two instead of one, how <laughs> dare yeah, you? I know. So uh, yeah, he's unbelievable. been unbelievable. And by the way, like, when you watch it, you're just sort of like, huh? Like, how is this, po- like, he's had one, like, I guess two average games this year. Mm-hmm. Right, like, we need to go back and rewatch the Bills and the Patriots games and figure out what they did. Or, like, uh, I think Trenavius White got hurt during that game, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. so. Is
2: Tredavious um, White, are, are Tredavious White and Christian Gonzalez, the Darrell Revis and Deion Sanders of 2023? No, I, well,
1: Hill wow. hasn't had, had many good games against New England, right? I mean, Bill Belichick is famous for stopping number ones. I mean, he did it to Devontae Adams yesterday. Yeah. So uh, that, that could, it could be as simple as that. But yeah, some teams just seem to have an answer. I thought you said number ones. What? Wow.
0: Devonta Adams is a is a number one wide receiver. Yeah, he is first four weeks
2: of the season he sure was. Yeah, <laughs>
0: maybe
1: not the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll get to that. Right, we're going to talk about that here in a few. Weeks. <laughs> yeah, we will. All right, but, but say that. I'll sit on that one.
2: So if, but by the way. If not Tyree Kill or Christian McCaffrey or Justin Jefferson going first overall in fantasy for the rest of the season, I know who it would be. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, baby. (laughs) What is going on right now? Mike, here's what happens.
1: The older the older players, Mostert and Thielen, that's where you want to have. Okay. Once a player turns twenty eight, a running back turns twenty eight, once a receiver turns thirty, you want them. That's when you gotta jump in. That's what I've been saying all year. Mike Clay,
2: you know, who earlier this offseason was joking about whether Adam Thielen was collecting social security yet or not. Have you seen his numbers since week two? Yeah, Like the crazy part about Adam Thielen is that he had two catches for 12 yards in week one. And you're sort of like, yeah, I told you so Adam Thielen wash city, right? Like Panthers offense is not going to be very good this year. Since week two, Adam Thielen has 47 catches. It's the most in the NFL. Mm -hmm. He has more fantasy points than any other wide receiver in the entire NFL over his past four games. He has 11 catches and exactly 11 catches, by the way, in three of the past four Mm He is absolutely mashing right now. And the formula is great. First of all, like the guy still gets open all the time. Second of all, because he's not, like it almost works in his favor that he's not Tyreek Hill level of speed, because teams aren't worried about Adam Thielen doing damage down the field. So they're like, fine, if you want to meticulously carve up our defense, With like 12 to 15 yard gains to Adam Thielen, have at it. Go ahead. Do it. Do your thing. Mm -hmm. Right? Like this formula could sustain going forward because they have nobody else to throw the football to. They're always behind. And I just don't think the defense's fear over-the-top shots to Adam Thielen enough, they're going to all of a sudden start playing two safeties way back and try to, or you know, like they're going to start, you know, pretending like Adam Thielen is going to be a 75-yard, you know, play threat. Mm-hmm. Like they're just going to let him do his thing. Yeah, I'm with it's you. Great. And
1: by the way, I mentioned Mostert and Thielen. They're number one and two in fantasy points since week two. Mostert's one I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, right. both yeah. over 30 years old. Uh, there's always many bizarre things that happen every fantasy season. The best. And that might be the story uh, so far this year. By the way, mm-hmm. Carolina on a bye,
0: unfortunately. So old man Thielen gets some time to rest and come Gosh, back strong man, here. That's what I weeks. was just going to say. This is one of those things where uh, like fantasy has been so ridiculous through the first six weeks. It's like, hey, how many times if I said to you, Adam Thielen is going to have... Three more games of twenty-five or more fantasy points than Patrick Mahomes six weeks into the season, you would be like, that doesn't make any sense. Patrick Mahomes is good as a superstar; he's the best wide receiver or the best quarterback in the game. However, however, Adam Thielen out here doing the Lord's work for everybody because if you grabbed him on your uh, probably off a of waivers, to be honest, he probably wasn't even drafted, late
2: round pick, probably on size. Yeah, it's, it's
1: just too bad that in Minnesota, Justin Jefferson was holding him back. Uh, yes, right? getting to his full potential. You know,
0: it's well just ridiculous. That's a good. Speaking of Minnesota, a good transition. Transition there without Justin Jefferson, we were looking to see what are these pass catchers going to look like? We had high expectations for both Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne. And I wanted to know if Kirk Cousins was going to be impacted by the loss of Justin Jefferson. Oh, but when you talk bit. about these, it sure looked like it, it. sure yeah. did. And these pass catchers field, we got Jordan Addison in the end zone. Yeah. Jordan Addison is your guy, but nobody stepped up here to the point where it was like, okay. We're going to have this guy establish themselves as the target while Justin Jefferson is out. It sort of felt like it was just a little bit of everybody.
2: Yeah, so it was a little bit of everybody for sure. I'm pulling this up that I had earlier and I've already forgotten it somehow because I'm an old man. That doesn't Uh, make sense. Kirk Cousins had 31 passing attempts yesterday. Which, if you're saying to yourself, "Is that a lot? Is that a few?" Well, if you look back at his prior game logs. Mm First three weeks of the season, 44, 44, 50. Then he had 19 in that game against Carolina. Carolina, obviously, a bad offense. And then 47 last week against the Chiefs. Yeah, he was number
1: one in pass attempts and completions and touchdowns before that game. game, The season
2: coming into the game yesterday. So just 31 attempts for Kirk Cousins. That explains a bit of it as well. They scored on defense. It was a backup quarterback in Chicago. They were playing against.
1: Yep. Yeah. They had that game in control the whole way.
2: Yep. So I wonder if next Monday night when they play the 49ers who have this outstanding defense, if it'll look a little bit more normal and a little bit more reflective of what we think this Vikings offense usually is. That being said, I think these two players kind of aligned in terms of their utilization of how we thought they would be, right? They're going to be the two clear wide receivers yep. that you're going to want to have in your fantasy lineups if you are starting a Viking. And Addison's a really talented player who probably is a better bet to find the end zone because he's done that quite frequently so far this yeah, season. Four
1: of six games, yeah. They they both had 97 percent route participation, so they yep. sat out one pass play. Both yep. of them, they both had five targets, which isn't a big number. Uh, but again, Let's you're right. There's t- yeah. going to be game. There, there's going to be a lot of games where Minnesota throws the ball a lot more. They're both going to be fine. So Addison, the preferred fantasy option. But Osborne, despite the fact that he hasn't had a 12 and a half point game yet, this season is still uh, a flex option. And this week, he's a wide receiver three, because again, there are six teams on a bye.
2: Unfortunately, d- pain lasting on the Vikings. Do you know who is settling in so nicely right now? Alexander Madison. Yeah. He, by the way, saw a massive, massive workload yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did. And what was our conversation about Madison coming into the season? He's a totally reasonable low end RB2. And that's exactly what he's been. He's yes, not going yeah. to be a superstar in terms of consistent big play production, but he's seeing a ton of touches and usually scoring. It feels like between like 12 and 15. fantasy. Yeah, When can
1: makers got there, the gap in touch uh, snaps got a little closer and then, uh, and then the like according to widen back yeah. up uh, Madison. If you look at expected fantasy points versus actual has the widest gap in the NFL. So he's leaving a lot on the table. I don't know if it's really his fault. They have zero rushing touchdowns yep. uh, and he's really good after contact. So I yeah. don't know that it's his fault, but, uh, you know, as long as he keeps getting the volume, he's going to be a fantasy starter.
0: And it's not just t- it's not we're not just talking about carries, right? I love that he got seven targets in yeah, the passing yeah, game yesterday, which yeah, is fantastic yeah. in spite of everything. So, hopefully, better days are going to be ahead for these Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, like you guys talked about, game you do in this one. The Vikings fans, and as a fantasy manager, okay. I do want some better days ahead. That doesn't mean I want wins. Feel okay, fair days enough. Well, well it's going to be tough next Monday night against yeah, the Niners. That point yeah, is, is very tough one. All right, let's move ahead and talk about. The Los Angeles Rams, Yeah, baby, We finally got Cooper Cup back last week. And guess what? He looked like Cooper Cup. It looked like he didn't miss any time whatsoever. Fast forward one week. He looked just like Cooper Cup again this week. Got sure in did. the end zone yep. as well. The real question here for me is not what is Cooper Cup going to look like? It's how is this continued split between Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua going to look? Yeah, well, check
1: this out. Uh, two games since Cooper Cup returned. Here's the targets. Uh, 22 or a 39% target share for Cooper Cup. Yep. Massive. Puka Nukua, 19, only three behind at 34%. 34 is like an elite number one receiver yes. share, and he's getting that with Cooper Cup. So no one else on the team is more than six targets. They got rid of Van Jefferson. Kyron Williams, I mean, we're going to talk about him in a second. He's been phased out of the passing game. They are focusing in the targets on those two players. Uh, good matchup next week against the Steelers. I think Nukua will bounce back. I still feel good about him as a fringe wide receiver one.
2: Yeah, I think the difference that you can attribute to Cooper Cup and Puka Nukua over the past couple of weeks is I hate to say anything negative about the kid because he is awesome, as we said. has been great. He's on the podium in terms of fantasy MVP so far this season. Yeah. Is that he's Cooper bleeping cup. Yeah, And he's one of like the three most talented wide receivers on planet Earth, right? The guy is just an absolute alien right now. He missed four games to begin the season. Well, Cooper Cup finish as a top eight scoring fantasy receiver this year? Yeah,
1: if he's healthy the rest Ooh. of the way, I do think so. That's yeah, I crazy. I think he'll he'll get there easily. Honestly. How about that? Almost yeah. oh, so a top five then? Well, I, I I'm just saying I think he'll just comfortably get into that mix. Isn't yeah, that I don't amazing? Know where exactly he can
2: miss a quarter beat. of the season. Yeah. I'm not I'm not talking about points I mean, per game, obviously. I'm talking about total points volume. scored. He could easily yeah, get I mean, there.
1: Two years ago, he had what a hundred more points than any other receiver. Yeah. Last year, he was on a, a, a better base, the same pace. They're yeah. about to, say, yeah, roughly what the a same. What joy base. it is to watch him! Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. And, but but again, we we've, we've talked about this. McFay's offense can support two top ten receivers. We've yep. seen it before, and that's what they're going to do going forward. I believe.
0: I still think that this is that moment where you had your first down week from Puka Nakua that I might want to test the nerve of the Nakua
2: manager to be like,
0: hey, look it, you saw yeah, Cooper Cup co- back, coming it's, back over. it's over, it's Kyron over. Williams getting all this, that's exactly what I would Dude, be doing. You like, should if I be could like,
2: is he like, was he a system player? Like he's a fifth round, but he can't even run. Like you should probably trade him to me. <laughs> it's like
1: our uh, FF Now uh, conversation just about, <laughs> about Justin Jefferson yesterday. Yeah, All <laughs> the negative stuff, you got to list them all out. For yeah. person. Um,
2: by the way, um, hand up. Sorry, I thought Matthew Stafford would have a decent day against the Cardinals.
0: You and me both. Bad you one. and me both.
1: Blech. What we uh, are we going to get into this? We talked about this this morning when we were texting. Like as soon as we woke up about how this was like a the worst week of the year for fantasy. Let's
2: do let's do it real quick right now because we have a little bit of time here. But I asked Mike. I was like, "This is of course Mike would not only know the answer but be the person." I asked him, "Is do we have any way to tabulate how many fantasy points are scored across the board? Every single player, every single game by week." And he was like, oh yeah, I have that. Give me like 30 seconds and I'll have every single week generated <laughs> for you. I was like, oh, of okay. Of course, that's Mike. Uh, and the, the the talking point was that remember on Friday's show when I was g- lamenting how poor Patrick Mahomes yeah. has been and how he's going to mm-hmm. end up being another out of the top 10 finish for this week. Mike was like, no, no, no. He will be yeah, out of to to the top 10. ten no, quarterback, no all right, There was no question at so, that time. Absence Justin Herbert and Easton Stick and Trey Lance <laughs> and Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott finding a way to outscore <laughs> Patrick Mahomes tonight. He's going to finish at worst as QB7. It was a a terrible terrible week. week. So you have pointed this out that we are pacing... And we do have one game left, and obviously we had uh two teams on a bye this week. So only fifteen total games, but on a points per game basis, we are pacing for the lowest week in terms of total points scored in fantasy for the entire season yeah, so far. Easily.
1: Uh wow. Well, I think it was last week there was about twenty four hundred points and there yeah. was four teams on a bye. This right. week there's two teams on a bye, and they we're at two thousand, so a huge drop yeah. off. Hundred and forty eight
2: point we wow. five per game so far. So yeah. that's that's a low, low number. Again, do the math on my I not not that I'm an abacus, but uh I'm here to tell you that there have been very few fantasy points scored so far this week. uh, And Matthew Stafford contributed to that problem with just one passing touchdown against the Cardinals in a matchup that looked pretty savory on paper. And Stafford did not deliver his running back mate uh, I guess his backfield mate Kyron Williams, though, did. And Mike, he's been your guy and he once again delivered yesterday.
1: Yeah, he crushed it uh, 20 for 158 mm-hmm. and a touchdown on the ground up to seventh in fantasy points per game this season, uh, but zero targets. And this is what I want to talk about before he does a four top 10 fantasy weeks. He's played 83% of snaps. That's great. But a lot of it has now become rushing because he has two targets in two games with Cooper cup. That is a gigantic red flag for me. Now, I think that will go up a bit moving forward. Uh, just, you know, you don't play that many snaps as a running back and get one target a game, right? But right. that concerns me. You know, we don't want to get to a point where this is like, uh, you know, Deontay Foreman, like Derek Henry, sort of. I, like I was say, like, Philly it's better, sort of better
2: than Foreman, right? It's like, uh, it's not quite Derek Henry because well, one the
1: game would be. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that would be, be Derek really Henry. Bad. Yeah, uh, but tough. that's it's a minor concern. I think it will be better though. I mean, McFay's offenses are known for targeting the running back a lot. But we need to get back up to like a twelve percent target. Sure, right, if we right, get that, right, he'll yep. be fine. But I'm a little nervous about that because he's not going to put up a buck fifty every week. He has four games with I believe under fifty yards, yeah. under fifty rushing yards. So if he's a down rushing game and gets one target, it's going to be a problem. Right. So we need to figure that out.
2: I've got this team where I I've uh, been riding Zach Moss uh, and Karen Williams. Nice. And I feel like I am just like dancing this extremely yeah, exactly like extremely like yeah. like I'm on a tightrope right now. And I'm like I, yeah. I think at some point the bubble is going to burst with these two players. But I'm not going to stop starting them until that bubble I, bursts. I
1: hear you, and I think about the, I think about the same thing. But I feel like that about every running back, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's oh, even yeah. like Joe Mixon feels that way too. Yeah. It's, oh. you know, it's it's everyone. Uh-huh. It's like they're going to get they're going to get hurt or they're going to lose their job. It's just a running back position is is just
0: bad All right. for
1: the most part. It's just
0: I want to take that, Mike, and I want to move that forward because we got two running back backfields that yeah. I want to talk about that you kind of <laughs> let into yeah. there. I don't know if you uh, did that on purpose, but we're talking about the Houston Texans. Of One course, of the things man, about the pro. Texans, I'm sure you did on purpose. The Texans, when we talk about him this year, it's all about CJ Stroud and these pass catchers. Yeah. He looks fantastic. He's come in as a rookie and done things that I was not expecting him to do as a rookie here for the Houston Texans, yeah. by the way. This is not like a team that he walked into. It was like a, a, a late first round pick that was I'm already Joe set Burrow up. with all those no, wide receivers in place right when very he got there. Different. Yeah. The question, though, for me is not any of that because he's already looked good. We've talked about those things. It's about the running backs. Mm, Mike, you've into Pierce this. Damian Pierce was supposed to be really yeah. good. We were supposed to be excited about Damian mm-hmm. Pierce, and now, at least in this game, we saw Devin Singletary decide he was not going to go away. Are we looking at more of a committee in Houston than we thought we were going to see?
1: Yeah, apparently we may have seen a changing of the guard in this one. Devin Singletary is one of the most underrated running backs in the NFL. He's been so reliable, was really good in Buffalo, but we've seen that they just don't like to feature running backs. In fact, especially in the passing games, game. James Cook barely out. Oh, Latavius Sorry. Murray last game, but don't remind me uh, or last mm. night. So uh now he goes to Houston and he didn't play much early on, but he's starting to take over. Maybe he played thirty one snaps in this game. Damian Pierce played 21 so perhaps a changing of the guard wow. it wasn't like just garbage time or late in the game it was this throughout a the game. game yeah singletary was leading this backfield uh is zero top 12 fantasy weeks three of 40 or worse. He was already struggling and now singletary's out snapping him they split carry singletary at two targets pierce at zero mike boone actually played 10 snaps yeah you know for an an offense that's breaking out this year and looks really good yeah to get very almost nothing out of their running back situation especially out of pierce who seemed last year like he was going to be a fringe RB one? Maybe he was into that conversation, and then he goes into year two. The offense is better. It's all falling apart quickly. So nope. you know is what this not is like? You know what
2: this is is last year when we were talking about the Damian Pierce hype train in the preseason. You kept supplying us with like very logical and salient data points about how very few day three picks have actually become like legit long term mm-hmm. fantasy starters. And then during the season, it was kind of like oh
1: crap. When you're in the touches. long game, yeah. baby, Mike
2: was playing the long game, he yeah. was pointing it out. I mean, seriously, it's yet another day three. Like, there are very few of them that have consistently churned out fantasy points,
1: yeah. And the argument there was like, well, now running backs are you know aren't as valued as high, so they fall, but you know what? No, they don't. If there's a superstar talented running back, they go in the top Bajon. 10 if you're Bijan Robinson Bajon. or Najee Harris was viewed it that way, and he got picked yeah. in the first round. The list goes on and on. Uh, yeah, he was a fourth round pick. You know who that reminds me of now that you say that is Michael Carter. Same thing. Fourth round pick. He was hyped up. He had a decent rookie year. Everyone was in on Michael Carter, and we we overvalued him in like early best ball drafts that year. And then what they do? He said, well, he push us to fourth round pick. We don't
0: view him as a difference maker. We're going to take this Brees Hall kid yeah. in the second round. And that
2: he just might be a difference maker. Hard. Yeah, That's why yeah, I, I exactly. either draft so.
0: running backs in the first or second round or I wait for the undrafted free agents like Austin Eckler or Jalen Warren or guys like that. When it's you
2: just, say I, like, are you talking about when you're playing Madden?
0: Uh, no, I just think if I were to put together a franchise like as a GM of an NFL team, that's what I personally would do. Well, yeah, That's yeah. so
1: what the savviest of teams seem to be doing, right? I mean, yep. Kansas City and Philly were in the Super Bowl last year. Where, yeah. you know, They didn't invest really anything into that. This pick. doesn't again, make the, sense to me though
0: like this this Texans team like you just said this Texans team is looking way better than we expected this offense is performing really well with CJ Stroud you would think that that uptick by having that quarterback would offer these running backs a little bit more value a little bit more room to be yeah, able to you'd do You say the things defenses they are
2: like not stacking the box right because they want to account for CJ Stroud's proficiency it's a good call Daniel interesting um, it's weird but yeah so let's uh like I will count on Mike's projection for Damian Pierce being quite mm-hmm. a bit lower this week and we'll see whether Damian Pierce even cracks the top 25 of running backs in week yeah, seven rankings.
1: Th- they are in a buy. So uh, so I that he say, probably won't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still think if single Terry's on, on waivers, he's a guy they grab for your bench right now in case he does just cement himself as the number, the one A or the one there. Uh Pierce is, I think he's still tough to drop because he is, has the raw talent and this offense is good. And if he reestablishes himself after the buy, there could be flux value, maybe RB2 value. There's still some hope. Hard, tough to drop, but not a not a roster lock in ten yeah. teamers. I don't think he ha- is a guy you
0: have to keep. Buy next week, and then they get the Carolina Panthers after the buy. So hopefully, that can Ooh, be a Texans could be four
2: and three. So that would be real the nice. Texans and Raiders could be four and three upcoming pretty soon. How about the Frisky? Ridiculous. Yeah. Would you say the Raiders are playing? Raiders play the Bears next week. Uh, Bears. The guy. Bears. Yep.
0: Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Cardinals running backs too. This one I don't really want. to no, Same do.
1: thing. We did that at the <laughs> beginning,
0: right? We, we, we kind of did. You already you already led into this, but Mike. I'm just going to let like, you finish it
2: you, out. use your pronunciation.
1: Amari DiMercado. Not bad. Not bad? All right, I'll take it. Uh, He played 33 (laughs) snaps and had two carries and one target. So if you picked him up off waivers and didn't listen to us and put him in your lineup, it was disastrous. Uh, Keontae Ingram did cement himself as the one. Well, he played 26 snaps, but he had 10 carries uh, and two targets. Damien Williams uh, was signed 12 snaps. He carries one target. It was a three-headed committee. That might be the case for the next three weeks till James Conner comes back. Three-plus weeks till Conner is back, who's on IR playing Seattle this week situation to avoid.
2: The Cardinals are playing this all masterfully. Mm. So we're now six games in and they've been largely competitive in good chunks of almost every game. And they beat the Cowboys, but now they're one in five. Uh Like they're trending towards a top five pick. This is what you do. You play well Mm -hmm. enough to get the fans. Like there are other one in five teams Mm -hmm. like the Patriots where you're like, is it all over? Have we reached, you know, rock bottom? Where do we turn from here? You got the Cardinals where it's like, yeah, we're one in five, but we're frisky and we might get Caleb Williams next year. Yeah, that's right. It's and, playing it perfectly. Uh, look, so they, continue to play these running backs. We're very right. good. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> you'll continue to lose games, even uh-huh. if you stay competitive for portions look, of them. They won
1: their Super Bowl. They beat Dallas in a big upset. And now they killed everyone's uh, eliminator leagues. Now you move on. Now you wow. Just thanks keep for
2: reminding them. me of that, Mike. Sensitive subject. Wow. Jeez.
0: Mike
1: Clay. Like, I had them too. So <laughs> I'm not, I mean, making fun <laughs> of myself here.
0: All right, let's move on here and continue our week six recap and talk about some dud
2: performances, unfortunately,
0: guys, go ahead, Felix. I was just
2: going to say, I think it's important like for people like when we hear, when they hear duds, sometimes there is we're not just trying to highlight these players to tell you that they stunk, they stunk yesterday. It's like, hey, they stunk yesterday. Maybe this is a trend. Is there something that we're going to do about it? Like, does it change our perception of the player? Does it mean that we should consider trading for or away these players? Like, what should we do about these dud efforts? So I wish that I had stuck a little stronger to
0: my guns last week when I had said to both of you, "Yeah, revenge game for Jacoby Myers, I would take Jacoby Myers over Devontae Adams. And you guys were like, that's ridiculous. And I never made us do a board <laughs> bet on it. You
2: should have done it. I yeah. should
0: have made you guys do a board bet on it. Obviously, this is a situation. Jacoby Myers came in and scored a touchdown. That's great. We're here to talk about Devontae Adams. Yeah, he's awesome. This is back-to-back weeks, unfortunately. Four targets last week, five targets this week. That comes after two games in which he had 20 targets and 13 targets. I don't understand what's going on here where all of a sudden Jimmy Garoppolo just forgot how to throw the ball to Devontae Adams. Mike, I'd like to call on you. Why is this happening?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not worried. Okay. I mean, look, if there's big quarterback questions here and Garoppolo is going to miss a lot of time and they struggle with quarterback, that's a different conversation. But here's why I'm not worried. We've seen this from Adams before. Yeah. In fact, we last saw last season year, for a month. Saw last year, he had uh, a really bad two game stretch in, in which he actually had fewer total fantasy points during that stretch than he did these last two and these weeks. Two? OK, uh, next game after that, 34 fantasy points. I believe that was wow. with Jared
2: Stidham under center as yeah. well. Yeah. Against yeah. So the 49ers. Uh, uh, there's the
1: Chicago that. Bears next week. So there, there's that. And there's also they play New England yesterday. And again, New England, Belichick. Famous for shutting down number ones. Uh, last, his prior two meetings against the Patriots. So yesterday he had the Dodd five or two for 29, uh, four for 28 last year against the Patriots. That was part oh of that God. two game stretch. And then six for 40. He did have a touchdown in that game in 2018. That was the last time he faced uh, Bill Belichick. So that's Backer, we're back he, had the, he had the touchdown yeah. to bail him out. But he had 40 yards, 28 yards and 29 yards in his last three games against the Patriots. Mike so Mike I unbothered. attribute it to that. Okay. I think Adams will be just fine. But one qu- final note here. Adams, uh, four games, four full healthy games for both of these receivers with Jimmy Garoppolo this year. Uh, Adams has thirty-eight targets. Myers has forty targets. Unbelievable. To your point. He's been awesome. Uh, yeah. He's been awesome this season. Super productive, effective, high volume. Uh, he's been great.
0: I'm. I am more disappointed and nervous than you are. There is a part of me that just ha- I'm not seeing the things from Devontae Adams, and it's not because of Devontae Adams. It's the like this guy has. Two- I saw it for four weeks. Like he was. Yeah, on, you're mashing for four
1: targets this prior two games. He's got so, two
0: games over twenty fantasy points. Like we're six games into the season, I would expect Devonte Adams to have way Like, and because of what you're saying, because of that volume,
2: not that like again, not to like play this game all the time, but in one of those games where he was under twenty fantasy points, he scored a touchdown it was a clear touchdown and on the field, it was not ruled a touchdown and the Raiders just didn't challenge it. Uh, for some reason they were trying to like, they, they, they were down so they were trying to move fast and probably didn't want to waste a timeout, but that might change the tenor of this a little bit. He still looks pretty freaky. To yeah. Me. And he's he oh, he he still just one of
1: them blue chip guys that he might ch- chat with McDaniels this week and he might come out and get, he might get the Terry McLaurin week six treatment, like mm, five wow. catches in the first that, quarter. Yeah. How about that? The By the way, the we're way. complaining about McLaurin all last week get him the ball. He has like five catches right immediately. We had a, yeah. we had a, uh, oh, uh, red zone question. So question. We well, had five balls. He had yeah. immediately. And then he ended up with six, six catches for yeah. the game. Of yeah. course. So frustrating.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's pull up a full screen of some of the other dud performances. Unfortunately that we had this week, when you look at it, obviously Deandre
2: Hopkins was not fantastic. Yeah. He has yet to find the end zone this season. D hop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that you have a potential quarterback change on the way in Tennessee coming off of their buy, like yes, Mike has noted just how ridiculous the volume is, especially relative to here. all other Titans pass catchers, but I just don't know this offense is going to be that effective. So trading a player going into his buy coming off of a three-point fantasy effort is tough. tough. This would be one that if you're able to swing a deal, it's, it's brand value, right? It's hey, this mm-hmm. is still DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe you can get a usable piece. I think the most concerning player on this list, though, by far for those that missed it, Devontae Adams, T Higgins, Deandre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley is T Higgins. Yet another dud yesterday in which he saw a reasonable target share. Are you going to tell me this is all okay, Mike?
1: Well, he's played three full games. He's at least seven targets in all of them. The thing is he only played half the snaps in this game. Tyler Boyd played ahead of him. Uh, We've seen these games from the Bengals before infamously last year where he would be active and we all start him and he doesn't play at all and he was clearly limited in this game. They so, go
2: into a buy this week, by the way, as well. Yeah. So same so deal that we thought to trade him.
1: I think he'll come off the buy better. You know, assuming he's he's he'll, actually healthy and actually plays all the snaps like he normally does. When he's been healthy he has gotten the volume. But uh, you're right. The He had the the rough start with the whole Bengals offense, uh, but the targets have been
0: there when he's been healthy. I think better days ahead. Uh, Let's hope better days are ahead for all of these wide receivers. It would be nice to have them all reliably in our starting lineups. Nothing's reliable anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Because, by the way, yes. in case... Well, I just want to say this really quickly. Okay. In case you watched Squirrel Report this week, hopefully you did and you yeah. sat DeAndre Hopkins like I told you to do. Right. Because if you watched it, you saw that you made the sit list. I think I was the only guy outside the top 25 on DeAndre Hopkins this week. Oh, so, okay. again, yeah, you again anything else want to brag about? Okay. Well, I had yeah. Jacoby Myers over Devontae Adams. Keep and, going. Yeah. Um, Did you rank him ahead of Adams? Uh, I had... Uh, Lions winning in Tampa uh, Bay. Gabe Davis, that one did not work out. Hey, every once in a while you get a nice call, but I was worried about this one. I actually was more worried about, uh, for me, Calvin Ridley than I was about T. Higgins, because T. Higgins, I still feel like dealing with that rib injury, obviously like dealing with it's a pain management kind of a Mm -hmm, thing. So Calvin Ridley, I've been disappointed because I just expected more from him this year. But anyways, let's move on and talk about these pass catchers. From the Atlanta Falcons yeah, field. Yeah,
1: the high-flying, pass-heavy, superstar, back to never doubt you for a plus, minute Falcons offense. Yeah, back-to-back back
2: 300-plus passing yard efforts from Desmond Ritter. Look,
1: we never called for Taylor Heineke, okay? We're always on your yeah. side, Desmond. No,
2: I mean, I never called for Taylor Heineke after the first half yesterday. Because during the first half, I was definitely <laughs> calling for him Like throughout the entirety of it. You
0: had field... Not Kyle Pitts as your long shot, but
2: Johnu Smith. Dude, I'm going back to that well every single week, and, and I I was keep, th- keep doing it seriously. So well, I'll start with Johnu Smith just to pay that off, and then we'll go to Kyle Pitts. This is like what I don't understand about it. We will take any tight end with a pulse, yep, and add him to our rosters and play him. And yet, Johnu Smith has had a pulse for a month, and he's available in like 87 percent of leagues. He should be rostered in like every league. He has been red hot found the end zone again yesterday. And by the way, even prior to this liftoff from the Falcons passing offense, he was seeing a real target share. So go grab Johnny Smith. He is a startable tight end. He once again found the end zone yesterday, 13.6 fantasy points. And how about our guy, Kyle Pitts? It's good to see him take off yesterday. And I guess here's the deal. We've talked about Kyle Pitts a lot. At some point we recently decided that maybe it's time to just like pass the responsibility to somebody else when it comes to Kyle Pitts talk. But you just see it every once in a while and you're reminded of why you've been so bullish. A 22-year-old with that kind of freaky athletic ability. Do you think, though, here's the question that I think people who are who have Kyle Pitts or John U. Smith or anybody else are asking. Trade him now. Immediately. I don't, I don't, for who? Like, I would get rid of man? Kyle Pitts
0: in a heartbeat because of Johnnie Smith.
2: So I wasn't going to ask that question, but that's I, interesting. That we can come back to that in a second. Yeah. It's that... What we have seen from Atlanta over the past two weeks is so stark compared to where they were, not just for the first four weeks of the season, but for the four starts that they had last year with Desmond Ritter under center. Are they going to continue to throw the football a lot? What do you think?
1: Yeah, so I think that it's going to be a game script situation. So if they're controlling a game like they want, they're able to run the ball and Tyler Algiers having better games. And that's where we get in trouble with these guys. The thing is, they just got handled pretty easily at home. The game is in Atlanta, right? Uh, Yeah. Commanders, commanders, uh, not good. And we haven't had a good Tyler Algier game since week one, because they're not a very good team and they're losing games and they have to throw the football. Uh, I know they're like around 500, but they're just not, they're not holding leads against teams and that's where you get in trouble. So, uh, it's probably going to be like keep an eye on the opponent sort of thing. Although, again, this was a game where you thought that might happen. Right, and, the, it, and it I didn't. They trailed good the they whole are. way. Yeah. So, um, also, they are straight up calling a more balanced offense yeah. this year post, uh, as opposed to years past. So I think there's reason uh, for, you know, reason for hope that Pitts will continue at least as a fringe tight end one, a startable tight end one. And I think the same thing for Jono Smith, because... They don't have a number two receiver. They're phasing Mac Hollins out now. Kaderil Hodge is playing ahead of him. They brought in Van Jefferson. They're rotating that spot. So it's Drake London and Bijan Robinson. And then it's the two tight ends. They have like a 40% combined target share this season. So it's not like a normal team. They're basically slot receivers, you yeah. know, um, and I don't expect that to change going forward. Also,
0: you don't expect Van Jefferson to become a part of this passing game. I, mean, I think he might him.
1: take the he might. Well, they gave up very little. I think I, he, I think I'll take the two job, but I think that'll help a little bit. But I don't think he's going to get a lot of targets. But John o. Smith, like. He was, couldn't find the field for the Patriots the last few years.
2: Not, uh, not the end zone, that's for sure. And the yeah, field I mean, he
1: just well. also yeah. wasn't on the field most yeah. of last year. Did you He's say John
0: just... Smith or Kyle Pitts? Which one of them couldn't find the end zone? <laughs> Both, neither. Both, yeah. Okay. All right. But it's
1: just uh, unreal. Arthur Smith and Janu Smith just have this connection. That's why I
0: feel <laughs> I differently know. than you guys do about Kyle Pitts. Like well, this, but if you have him. I have him in a bunch of right. leagues. Okay, so
2: the, but that's the problem. Is that, like, I get you in the sense that, like, it's probably not going to stay this hot going forward. The problem is like, unless you have Johnny Smith waiting in the wings to replace him with you literally can't. You just told me, okay. he's so, available in 75% of leagues. He was it's started. Now, it's now 75%. People added him overnight. Is that what you're telling me? Cause he was, he was qualified well, I mean, for long the, shots.
1: I, I, it's so weird that we were feeling like so good about Johnny and bad about pits. It's all based on expectations because Johnny's right. 10th in fantasy points per game. Pits is 12th. Yeah. They're like right next to each other. One more good Pitts game. And he's percent, out of Let's just
2: say, so
0: yeah, one more good Pitts game. What? Falcons team. Have you been watching where you're like, yeah, I'm going to hold my breath for one more good Kyle Pitts game. But I
2: mean, you're talking about
1: Johnny Smith. He's two spots out of him in points per game.
0: Yeah. How ridiculous is that? That we're even having that conversation, that John Johnny Smith, who sucks that you just said how bad he has been. (laughs) is better than 22 year old Kyle Pitts, who we continue to have this thing for this affinity. I'm saying they're
1: both top 15 tight ends right now.
2: And so what Daniel is saying, and I hear him. So I, I actually think I can see both sides of your arguments. Um, it's not like Kyle Smith, Kyle Pitts has been decidedly worse than John Smith. But what you are suggesting is if you can trade Kyle Pitts for a starter somewhere else and subsequently you just add Johnny me. Smith, this is the time to do it because you cannot do right, it before So you can do this. So what you're saying, you can replace Kyle Pitts in your lineup with Johnny Smith plus upgrade somewhere else by trading Kyle Pitts for a I wide receiver. Or running back, I
1: don't I don't know what you're going to get for Pitts at this point, but I fair won't. enough. Hey, I man, mean, for a guy you, that's so good,
0: the idea we don't know what we can get for him, he must not be able to be very good if we can't get well, anything for I'm him. I'm
1: saying that, well, the perception doesn't always align with reality. Well, though, that's
0: so. so what about the reality on Drake London? Let me ask you about that because we've been arguing about the yeah. tight ends. Like, is um, this a situation where he at least as a wide receiver is going to continue to get volume here with Desmond Ritter.
2: So I think at a, whatever Mike just said about like what your belief is and what the game script will be, will project most clearly onto Drake London. I know the Desmond Ritter stands today. will tell you like, it's not the day cause he throws for over 300 yards yesterday. He also had three picks. A couple of them were very, very bad. Um, remember for a while when we talked about how, like if Denver could just get a quarterback, how great that team would be. We should have waited on that take Mm. until we talk about the Falcons because man, like I have zero doubt. And I think Jerry Judy has since shown that he is maybe not this blue Mm. chip prospect as a wide receiver. Drake London is man. He is so dang good. Like if you put a Drake may Caleb Williams player, under center for them, which they're not going to be anywhere close enough to the top of the draft nope. to pick one of those players. But gosh, these guys with the quarterback. I would absolutely mash. They're so good. They're so talented.
1: Yeah. Cause London's starting to produce with Desmond Ritter yeah. under center, uh, 20 targets during his last two games, a touchdown or at least 78 plus yards in four of his last five games. So uh, he's starting to produce. And this is more like what I expected where it's, you know, like last year, I, I told you that in the final month of the season, he had a ton of volume and was very productive in fantasy with Desmond, uh, Desmond Ritter under center. So we just have to keep this high target share going. I have him ranked 36 this week against the Buccaneers and that's with six teams on a buy. So I'm not going over the top, but it's at least enough where you could start him and feel comfortable.
2: Mike's already done his rankings. The show started at well, 11. Early. And, uh, I mean, I'm okay. not, they're not cemented the projections yet, have been run.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's like a rough estimate of where he's going to be. I
2: think we should end here on the Falcons in just that, like, for as great as Bijan Robinson is, Bijan Robinson is at what point do am I unable to say I just want a little bit more? Mm-hmm. You're like, never not allowed to say, no, after after had, say that.
1: A week after he had a career high eight targets, yeah, I need more. No, I I, I agree with you. It I just agree, yeah. so
2: like I think it's more like it's less about like the output. It's more like you're watching the game, first and goal from the five, and it's like oh, Tyler Algiers on the field once again, mm. right? And Algiers a fine player. He had we we don't need to relist the credentials from last season, but. Bajon, he's special. Like I think, talent wise, he's certainly already established himself in my eyes as one of the three best running backs in the entire NFL. Yeah, And you yep. just want a talent little wise, more. Like for sure. Yeah, thirteen fantasy points yesterday. You just want a bit more.
1: Yeah, he's been under fifty rushing yards and under and thirteen or fewer fantasy points in three of his last four games. We so just haven't had those those Ugh. big games. But still, just a hair under eighteen touches per game this season. Honestly, based on their commentary. I don't think it's going to
2: go up. No, I don't think I don't so think either. So. I think no, it's no, around that very head. much part of the plan here. I'm just saying, you just wish you got a little bit more from Bajan because mm. man, is he fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, before we're talking about Monday night football and we have a little bit extra time here. I do think it will be uh, a responsibility of ours to hit on the Colts backfield yesterday mm. because obviously game yes. two with Jonathan Taylor, we were all kind of wondering like, when is the Jonathan Taylor takeover going to occur? It did not occur yesterday as once again, Zach Moss outscored Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss found the end zone, and I believe it was a 50 50 split was, in terms touches. of carries yesterday, total touches as well. Yeah. So, snaps, yeah. What do you think? You think it's a week away, two weeks away, three weeks away?
1: I think uh, this is going reasonably how we expect. I mean, we thought Taylor more last week, but after we saw what happened where Taylor was limited to 10 carries, then we projected it like we think it's going to be closer, maybe a lean toward Taylor. And it was leaning toward Taylor. Now Moss scored the touchdown, but Taylor at one point, like near halftime, was leading the Colts in rushing and receiving. So uh, he was doing pretty good. I think it's just, it makes sense. Like Taylor came up now, second game back, it's even. Now he's going to be up to like maybe 60 to 40, maybe 65, 35. I think that's probably where it caps out. So I think next game it'll be a, a little bit more of a gap. Taylor takes you control.
0: You said you think it caps out around the 65, 35. So there's always going to be room for Zach Moss within this offense. Yeah, but he's I not going to be fully phased yeah, out. But 35 would oh, yeah, have to be yeah, a hard I time so. for him to. That's track a, a lot. Lineup, In this right? offense, yeah. that's still a lot for Taylor. He'll Even be fine. so that's not, it's less about for me, it's less about Zach Moss and more about how there's less ceiling for mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor. If he's still going to be on the field, 35% of I, the time. Yeah, I
1: hear you, but there's also just so many bad rushing attacks and so many, so few feature backs too. Yeah. So, uh, get with Zach all Moss to Arizona.
0: I was just going to say that. Can we trade him?
1: That'd be, uh, yeah, I was going to say Baltimore, but I mean, he's, I'm sure he's happy just fine to keep totally uh, keep playing in this highly productive run offense and then maybe pays off in free agency next year. But uh, yeah, I think better days for Taylor. Again, you got off to, to a good start in this game. He's just going to take on more of a workload uh, at worst. I think he'll be a back end RB one in the near future.
0: Okay. I hope That's you're right presence. because we want to be able to have John and the Taylor out in our fantasy lineups, so. not scoring, 11.5 fantasy points. I would like to get more from that for Jonathan Taylor. So, all right, let's close out Fantasy Focus here with a preview of our Monday night football game. Field Jades, Mike Clay, Daniel Dobb talking yeah. about Cowboys and Chargers. Helen Bowl. Here's what I'm... Mo- oh, Ooh, cool. I didn't even Whoa. think about that. I like that one, huh? I was, not, I was not aware of that. What I'm most excited about, well, I was aware of it now that you say it. It's obvious, but I wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> I want to see Austin Eckler. Yeah, Just like every single one of us, we want to see what he's going to look like finally back out for these Chargers. I'm excited to be able to see him out there. How high (laughs) did you have him... like, what was yeah, the top think, three running
1: back? I think RB2, I, I RB but I'm laughing because I'm thinking about last week how we were having this conversation about CMC versus Eckler. Uh, and before the season, everyone was like, oh, see, uh, CMC was the right pick because Eckler got hurt. And now Austin Eckler's going to have a huge game tonight. It's going to be like, see, Eckler was the right pick over CMC <laughs> I Meanwhile,
2: Raheem Mostert's in the corner it. like, it should have been me. I know. <laughs> One <you> jabronis. Him <laughs> in uh, like, eighth round, tenth yeah. round ADP. Uh, I had him as RB2 going into the week. Obviously, I feel great about Austin Eckler, who uh, Stefania has made clear she expects him to look like Austin Eckler tonight as well. Well, the big question mark for me with Austin Eckler tonight is just how much passing game utilization yeah. does he get? Mike talked about the stat in the uh, games without either Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. We've seen a much different version of Austin Eckler of late compared to when both of them were available. Yes, a new offensive coordinator. He's played just one game with Kellen Moore as his OC. Was really not much of a factor in the passing game. He crush it on the ground, though. So uh, we'll see. We still are sort of learning what Austin Eckler looks like in this system under Kellen Moore.
0: Yeah. I'm really excited about this one, though. Field, he can get to RB2 as long as he scores more than 23 fantasy points. To beat the guy Bucks. that
2: actually Mike just traded to you, Travis Etienne in the dynasty. Very nice, is nice. Yeah. very nice. Very yeah, nice. That went like, well for
1: you yesterday. Yeah,
2: it did. No, I mean, to be honest with you, actually, the funny part is that that was when I got tipped between the Mahomes finishing as a top Seven quarterback <laughs> at worst. And in our dynasty league that we play in, there's 12 of us and it's victory points. Yeah. And I normally earmark like 125 and above, mm-hmm. I think is a pretty solid chance of being a top six score. Anything below that, I think is iffy. I'm at 111 this week. And I think if the projections hold, I'll be fourth. So wow. I'll lose my head-to-head matchup, week. but win on victory points and go one and one for the week. Because so people, they were,
1: yeah, people yesterday watching the game was like, "Oh man, all my guys are busting; it's going to be disaster." And then they check their score. Yeah, and they're, they're like, going to win I'm some by twelve points. I I might
2: win like a pillow fight in the veterans league. I might win like ninety-five, ninety-three, depending on how things unfold tonight for Jake Ferguson on the Cowboys side. By the way, this is like this to me is an opportunity. It's. It's not make or break, right? In the sense that, like, uh, like I don't think that many people have been riding Dak Prescott as their weekly starter. And I think if you, uh, like, I think if you've made it this far with Dak as your starter and you're continuing to do so, it's because you feel as though your roster elsewhere is just so good that it doesn't matter who is your starting quarterback. But for a guy who has not yet reached 20 fantasy points this season, on paper, this looks like his best opportunity to do so against a Chargers defense. The question I have is, coming out of the bye, will this Chargers defense be any better than it has been so far? On paper, it looks like a pretty good defense in some ways. On the field, it often does not look like one, Mike.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Same with Tony um,
2: Pollard for that matter.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I would like to see a Cowboys game without garbage time, like a full normal right, game, like normal, play one normal yeah. game, so we could see what Max end. Uh, Tony Pollard looks like in a full game of tar- uh, of healthy target share for CD yeah, land. That would be yeah. nice because they every game they've played so far has been decided by at least 12 fantasy points. And that was their a loss was the one that was the closest to 12. They're I mean, all their wins. Real have been points, blowout. Right? So, yeah. yeah, twelve real points. I mean, so uh, hopefully this will be a closer game. And By the way, let's not forget about our guy, Justin Herbert, who's yeah. the number one fantasy quarterback yeah, this year on a points a per game basis.
0: Defense, yeah. Another chance here to throw the ball a lot. I want to throw this at you guys. Tony Pollard has been struggling lately. This is his point total to start the season. Yeah, (laughs) don't do it. 21.2. That was nice. Yeah. 16.4. Rested late. Like all these games. Mm 13.6. So drops a little bit more. Then 7.5. Then 6.4. He's scored fewer points in every single game that he's played so far this year. So are year. you
2: taking Tony Pollard over or under 6.4 fantasy, I'm gonna point 6. so 4 gonna fantasy points? I'm going to go
0: over 6.4 So he's going to trend back up in the right direction. This is, this is not what I have been expecting from Tony Pollard, especially because he's still getting passing yeah, game usage here.
1: I've talked about this. Deuce Vaughn and uh, Rico Dowdle are getting so much work in yeah. the second half because the games are 30-point so gaps, and Damn. that's really happening. Uh, C.D. Lamb, same kind of thing. Target share way down in the fourth quarter. Tony Pollard usage way down in the fourth quarter. One, one of the best games you just mentioned uh, was the game against Arizona where he had to play the whole game because they were trailing, trying to carries, come back.
0: 122 re- rushing exactly. yards, three receptions. Play a
1: normal game, Dallas, and we'll get, we'll get Pollard. I think he's on the cusp of a, of a huge game uh, and, and being a certified top five, maybe top three fantasy running back if they would just play closer games.
2: We need to, before we go... Spend some time talking about Michael Clay's T-shirt. Yeah, like oh, how yes, do we, we do. let this Why go not? for the
0: first almost full hour? Fifty-five burgers, fifty-five fries, 50 fries 50 tacos, fifty-five tacos, fifty-five pies, fifty-five, 55, pies, 55 five cokes, cokes,
2: fifty-five tater tots, uh, 100, 100, tater 100 pizzas.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, you just have to watch the clip. My okay. gosh! So,
2: uh, where did you find this T-shirt on the I internet?
1: Found it on uh, Amazon.com. Amazon.com. <laughs> yeah, all <laughs> kinds <laughs> of great. I think you should leave merchandise. We're allowed to promote this other show.
0: The show merchandise. Yeah, that's just a fun show. Go watch it. It's super dumb. It's very dumb and very. Fun. It's like uh that sounds like us though. It does. Sound We're like super us. dumb. Like that's my it fun. It's
1: so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you right. know, we need we need to talk about our Halloween plans. By the way, oh, we the show. We do that. We it's, on do Tuesday, do that. I it's on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Let's see when you when can you make some time. Wednesday or yeah. Monday.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> go. I'm gonna dress as Kyle Pitts. I think. So or just like it's a zombie because he's trying to come back to life. Ooh, that uh, could be good. Say like gonna kind of you were going to say like you weren't going to show up or something. like.
2: That. Wow. wow. you guys. Thank you so much for oh, showing up. Us. Like. Good luck. Mike, back we'll to back zingers to start <laughs> and finish the show.
0: <laughs> Later, guys.
1: Uh, I have a plan, so we need to do it.
0: He's a NASCAR guy with a baseball shrine, a Lakeford fan for life. Rogers are off to a terrible start, but that won't change his mind. Matching up all the cornerbacks, touchdown, regression, and weekly stats. But if your team falls flat, he's the one to blame. He's a brainiac, brainiac on the case. With projections that can put us in first place.